0: Boy, what a week it's been. I don't know about you, but it's been a ringer for me. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, a few. I tell you what, God has been so good. His mercies are new every morning. Before we get started, proper today, um, I'm going to recognize a couple of things we've been sharing here. By the way, if you're, this is your first, here, first time here at our Father's house, welcome. If you're joining us online for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you here. I hope you brought your Bible. If you're at home, it's easy. You can go to your bookshelf and grab your Bible. If you're here and you forgot your Bible, get your phone out really quick and download an app. <laughs> but we dig into the word here at our father's house and we're going to be in the word today. And we've recently been in a series of teachings about prayer. And last week during our encounter Sunday, we had just a wonderful time in prayer with one another, praying over one another, and just being encouraged by the Lord, being encouraged in the Lord. We had some prayer for healing that took place. It was just it was a wonderful powerful time. And today we're going to be continuing in that same thread speaking about prayer. As we've been journeying in the Lord over these past several months, we have, we have seen, we've seen an increase in his presence among us. We've seen an increase in our awareness of him and his activity in our lives. We've seen an increase in the hunger for his word. He's been hitting us as a people in so many dimensions. And we've noted, the enemy does not like that. He's been attacking us through this time in various ways. We've, we've lost two folks to COVID. We've seen other people have that. We've seen Tim had a stroke, and thankfully the Lord has re just completely healed him of that. We've seen uh, many things coming our way. I'm going to share a couple of things here with you today. But the first one that I'd like to share and, uh, and have us pray about is something that just happened this morning. Caitlin Guild was in a car accident on the way here this morning. Okay, so we're going to pause now and we're going to pray for her because my understanding is she's being transported up north right now and um, may have suffered a brain injury. So we want to be praying for her right now, okay? So, Father, we just come before you. Jesus, we know that you are good. And, Lord, we know it is your will to heal. So right now, Lord, as, as your people here, Lord, we lift up our sister before you. And we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and bring healing to her body right now. Bring healing to her body, to her mind, over her spirit right now, Lord. We just protect her from trauma, Lord. We protect her from any permanent injury. And right now we speak a reversal of everything that has taken place in her body. We thank you, Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over our sister. We thank you for her right now, Lord, and your protection over her. Lord, I thank you for the compassion that you have released among us. Let it go forth and bring healing to her, Lord. We thank you for your grace, Jesus, in your mighty name. In your mighty name, Lord. In your mighty name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, bless the hands of those that are attending to her right now, Lord Jesus, and we pray your peace over her right now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, Lord! Hallelujah, Hallelujah! As we're here this morning, if she comes back to your mind, just be praying for her. Just, just, we're just going to bathe this in prayer. It's been a, it's been a season. I brought this up this morning. Some of you have heard about this this week. A couple of you. This is a block of cherry wood. On Tuesday, I was uh, out in my wood shop that the boys and I have been putting together, having a good time. Just, um, it's been a place of, of respite for us in an otherwise crazy season. And it's been a, a real nice place. And many of you know I grew up doing carpentry with my dad and um, love building things and whatnot. And so I went out there because it's been a rough season. Like, I'm just going to get a few min- minutes, and I'm going to get on my table saw and cut some wood and so I've been around power tools most of my life and uh, so I was pushing this piece of cherry wood through and had knocked off a couple edges straightening it out and I pushed it through one last time I had the push stick and got all the way through and gave it that last nudge figured it was good and I lifted up my hand and that block of wood right here caught on that last tooth, and if you've been around table saws at all, you know that's not a good place to be in. So as I had my underbelly here exposed, that table saw sent that piece of wood right back here into my rib. This right here is the track that the saw blade took through the wood as it launched it into me. I have never been hit so hard in my life. have never been hit so hard in my life. It knocked the wind out of me so hard. My, I, I know my rib cage flexed because I got hit here, but my my ribs are hurting my back and on the side here. And uh, and nothing felt right inside. Punched the wind right out of me. And uh, I came stumbling out of the shock. Scared everybody because nobody knew what was going on. I couldn't say anything because I had no wind in me. And uh, I just knew I was hurt. You ever been hurt so bad you, you don't know... You're kind of afraid to look at it to find out how bad it actually is? You just don't know what you're going to find. And um, I lifted up my shirt, and I, yep, I hurt myself pretty good. And I, I won't show it to you. It's in that nice greenish-yellow stage right now with some uh, with a good scab over it. But needless to say, this thing actually punched holes through my shirt... As it hit me. Now. If you've been around power tools. And you've used a table saw. You know. uh, You can be impaled by things that come off there. So. I'm fortunate to be alive. And I'm thankful to the Lord for that. It was my own stupidity. And my own operator error. Getting just a little bit too comfortable with the machines. As you know you're not supposed to do. Um, But I'll tell you. It just takes that one moment. Now, the enemy is going to use everything he can to take you down. Oftentimes, it's your own stupidity, your own operator error. But he'll capitalize on those moments. But I'm just going to say, I want to thank everybody who's been praying for, for me, for us, for protection in this season. This is a season where we need to be praying for protection over us as a people. Because God is advancing us, and the enemy does not want us to advance. He wants to throw every distraction in the way. He wants to take us down because his modus operandi is to steal, to kill, destroy. He is a devourer. He does not want us to move forward. The Lord wants us to have life and peace. He wants to live in abundance. He wants power and authority. He wants his kingdom put on display through us. And the enemy will do everything he can to tear that down. That night, after coming home from urgent care... All I wanted to do is eat some food and lay down on the couch because it didn't want to move. And so I did. And uh, in the middle of the night, Katie said, Are you going to come upstairs or are you going to stay there on the couch? I said, I think I'm just going to stay right here tonight. And it was hurting more and more. Just trying to roll over didn't feel good. And so she prayed for me. And she prayed, Lord, just heal him. Let him feel better in the morning, let him heal faster than he would otherwise heal. If you've ever been hurt, you know the second day is always worse than the first, right? So I I didn't know it was coming up, and we had a busy week here as a people, and I knew it was laying ahead of me, and I'm having all those thoughts like, Lord, how are we going to get through this? I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to stand. This this hurts bad. Wouldn't you know I woke up the next morning and I felt great? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking 100%. I'm talking about 80%, right? But when I was feeling about 45% the night before thinking tomorrow's going to be worse, I didn't know I was going to get 80%. I'll take it. I'll wince every once in a while. That's fine. I'm doing okay. I felt better in the morning than I did going to sleep that night. I was so amazed. It was, to me, it was markedly different. I've been heard enough times to know that's not the normal trend, and so I just want to give glory to the Lord, and and thanks to Him, because prayer is powerful. We are called to healing. We're called to be those who, who release healing, and have faith for healing, because He's the healer, and we're His. So today we're going to be we're going to be talking about healing. We're going to be talking about healing prayer. And I'd like us to spend some time praying, because you have a room full of folks this size, there's a good chance somebody has something that needs healed. And you have an audience like we have online, there's a good chance somebody there has something that needs healed. So we're going to be doing some prayer this morning. But I want to start off by talking about another testimony, and this is um, a testimony of, of what I went through in coming back to the Lord and the conditions of that for me, some of you may not be aware of, but when I was a teenager and when I went to college, I did a little bit of running away from the Lord, and I would say drifting away from the Lord. And <clears throat> the Lord was so faithful in how He, how the Holy Spirit attended to me in that season. I was a believer, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I was, I was running. I'm sure nobody else has ever been in that situation before, but I was there. Some of you parents might have children that are in that situation right now. I was there. And um, just prior to this was in my senior year in high school, and I I had a bad breakup, and it it really rocked me pretty hard. I I would say that was kind of the instigating point of what took place beyond that. Those things can be serious for folks, uh, especially young people. And it really hit me hard. I remember being in church... Um, on a Sunday morning and we're praising and worshiping and I was not in a praising and worshipful place and I was hurting pretty hard and I can't remember if my emotions were showing or not but there's this man named Isaac at our church he was this tall man he was just Joyful about the Lord. He had a challenged life like the rest of us. But he picked up on something in me. And he came over. And I remember he just held me in his arms. And he wept. And and just prayed over me. And I fell apart. I remember sobbing in this man's chest. <clears throat> I still drifted off on my way. But I look back on that moment. As the Lord was using... Another brother to hold me in my hour of brokenness, even though I was about to go on a, a journey of of my own way. God's just so faithful, folks. He's so faithful. After sowing some of some wild oats, and Katie and I started dating, and uh, I was home for for one vacation over the summer. Um, I think it must have been back in 2003, the summer of 2003. We went back to our church in Oakland, California, Shiloh Shiloh Christian Fellowship. I shared a little bit about that here a few weeks ago. But they were having a, uh, it was a Sunday morning, they were having a guest minister who was going to be doing kind of a a multi-night conference there. His name is Randy Clark. I don't know if anybody's heard of Randy Clark, but Randy Clark Ministries is a powerful healing uh, ministry that moves throughout the world, and I'd grown up in the church, and I'd seen many big name folks come through—healing ministers, prophetic folks, you know, worship uh, pe- big names—and some of them are still big names today. But what uh, what I always remembered was you'd have the one person come and they would pray for everybody, or they would they would prophesy over everybody, or they were they were God's instrument in that that place for things to happen. And that was a model that I think was, a, was in the world for a season. But this was, for me, a shift in, in my experience, and I think a shift in what God was doing in the Spirit as well. We went to this service, Sunday morning service, and you know, I still love the Lord, but I was on my own path at that, at that point in time. And the Lord grabbed hold of me in that service. Because for the first time, I was hearing from a man who was coming to speak to us about impartation of of the gifts, and he was there to speak to us about how when he takes people to go minister in different places, most of what takes place ministry-wise comes through them and not him. And so he started, started sharing testimony after testimony after testimony of being in these places, these where lifeguards or hamburger flippers or truck drivers or construction workers or businessmen are laying hands on the sick and dramatic healings are taking place. And I thought, I've never heard anything like this before. Now, my dad had always been one who was wanting to minister in the marketplace. He's always been one who, if it says that we can pray for healing, let's pray for healing. So I had experienced that, but I never heard a big name minister come through and say, What God's called me to is to release the body of Christ and to train them into their gifts and to bring them into places and opportunities where they can go and they can see things taking place. And it it grabbed hold of my heart. I believe it grabbed hold of my heart because that's what Jesus has been about the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. And it's a shift in season to where we recognize that it's not about the one man. It's about the body of Christ ministering in the earth. We had family parties going on that weekend. And I remember Katie and my dad and I sitting there at a family party at the pool. Everybody's having a great time. And we're all looking at each other like, should we go back to this church meeting? And not be here. Instead. We all we ditched the family party, went back to the church meeting, and I remember it was in that time. I said, "Lord, I just want to give whatever I have to you for whatever this is. I, I just I want what you have for me in this." And I remember <clears throat> not even being prayed for by Randy. He had this, his right hand man there, and he did. He prayed, and I remember we went out in the spirit. We got slain in the spirit. I don't know what happened for hours. But I remember waking up and with other people waking up on the floor, like, what is what just happened? And I remember wanting to test drive this thing as, as soon as I could. And when I was, um, I started trying to pray for people, and they, they weren't getting healed. But I was hungry, and I kept trying and just waiting. Okay, Lord, I know you've done something because you've changed something in me. But I also recognize there's fruit in my life where now I've actually... I've responded, I've, I've changed course, I've repented, and I'm, I'm seeing my relationship start to grow with him more and more and more. But that was a turning point for me, was recognizing that the body of Christ has been called to minister. And it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be a pastor, and it doesn't mean that only the pastor is the one supposed to minister, or the big-name evangelist that comes in. The, t- the body of Christ is called to ministry. We're called to powerful, effective ministry. And it was all it was all supposed to be that way. Let's go to let's go to Luke. Let's start in Luke chapter five. This is a roundabout way to get to what we're talking about. Bless you. Luke 5, 17. <clears throat> this is the story of, of Jesus healing the paralytic. You remember the man who's been lowered through the ceiling by his friends? If you've ever watched The Chosen, this is a really great episode. Yes. This was a... Uh, what we're going to share here is a mechanism in the spirit that I remember learning here in this house. Okay, As we came back, um, I came back to the Lord like I shared, and it was a couple of years before we saw anything really take place, healing through our hands. But I remember it was, um, it was April of 2005. We were here at the church, and um, I was on travel on the other side of the country, I remember Katie called me up. She said, we had a Sunday evening service with a bunch of the young adults, and all of a sudden healing started breaking out in the service. I said, what? She said, yeah, people were getting healed, and you know, the Spirit of God was showing up. I was like, I'm on the wrong side of the country right now. I need to get home. And I remember coming home, and, uh, and that, there was a visitation that took place for probably a month, a month and a half or so here. And we learned a lot in that. But it was that for us was when we were really activated in the things that the Lord had imparted to us in that gathering there that I shared with you. And we started digging into it. And along the way, I remember learning about a mechanism that, that takes place in this, uh, in this passage here. So let's read it, starting in verse 17. <clears throat> One day... As he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. If you haven't seen The Chosen, you're going to have to try to figure this out with your brain. But they got up on top of the roof. They tore a hole in the roof and lowered this, their friend down before Jesus. They were that desperate for him to get there. They couldn't get through the crowd. It was too dense. You ever been in a crowd that's so dense you can't move? It was one of those. And so they found a way because they knew that he needed Jesus to bring him healing. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Wait, I thought they, they wanted his paralysis to be healed. That's what happens in the end of this story, right? But what did he say? Friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus came to preach... That the kingdom of heaven is near. He came to forgive sins. He also came to heal. The two are intertwined. His greatest priority is the salvation of you. He wants to redeem you, He wants you to be coming into His kingdom. And he made a way to do that on the cross. But he also can heal your body. He also can heal your mind. He also can deliver you from demons. He does all of that, and it's intertwined. But what does he see when this man when the friends care for him so much lay, them, lay him at his feet? In some translations, he calls him son. Son, your sins are forgiven because he sees their faith for their friend. Your sins are forgiven. That didn't rest well with the religious people around him. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? This next line is really important. And it's important for us to understand the purpose for healings when it comes to the gospel. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins... He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Now, did he need healing in his body? Yes. Did he need forgiveness of sins? Yes. Yes. Jesus forgave his sins, but who can forgive sins but God? So for him to say that is an affront to the religious spirit in that place. And it reacted. And so what he said is, because how am I supposed to verify that you can actually forgive sins? Just because you say something doesn't mean that it's actually real or it's going to happen, right? But he says, which is easier for me to say? The words, the words are easy to say both ways. But I'm going to give you something that is evidence and proof that I have the authority to forgive sins. I have the authority to release that. So he told him to get up, take up his mat, and walk. The sign comes to prove and approve and confirm the word of God that is shared. And this is a mechanism, it's a spiritual dynamic, it's a spiritual mechanism that we need to be aware of because as we go forth with the gospel, we should see following signs of healings, we should see demons being delivered we should see resurrections taking place that is the natural way that god has set it up to verify and confirm the word that has come forth and this is this is the i'd say one of the most complete pictures of that in the life of a single person in the scripture Let's pull back a couple of chapters, actually about a chapter here, Luke chapter 4, in verse 14. This is when Jesus is there in Nazareth. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is a quotation from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 2. He says after this, Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, This scripture speaks about me. I am the fulfillment of this thing. He's saying, I'm the Messiah. For those that can read between the lines, preaching the good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and this is a. Um, this passage speaks about the jubilee year, which happens once every fifty years, and it is a time when everything is basically level set again within uh, within the, the Jewish people. Um, You see slaves being set free in that point in time. You see recovery of property during the the Jubilee year. It is a reset. And so he's proclaiming the grand thing, what Jubilee was the shadow of. He's saying, I am here now. And so he's talking about how he's going to be um, releasing the captives. He's going to be forgiving sins. He talks about healing in here. And the healing and the forgiveness of sins are intertwined in his in his walking forward, his mission in the earth. And it doesn't stop. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. i jump around the gospel a little bit here today. This is when Jeter, Jeter, Jesus... <laughs> He goes to Peter's house. Jeter. Yeah, go Yankees. (laughs) Oh, man. You try speaking publicly a lot. When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying on the bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. That's Isaiah fifty three, four through five. That's where we see that is by his stripes were healed. Again, this idea that he came to remove physical suffering as well as our spiritual suffering and our spiritual oppression is interlinked. It's part of the gospel message. You can't ignore it. Now, Jesus lived this way. He walked out this message He proved who he is along the way. He's offending people all over the place, the religious people. But so many people are flocking to him, bringing their their sick, their demon-possessed people up and down. He is healing. He is freeing people. It is part of how he is walking. And remember, he has a following of people. He's got the 12, but he also has a bunch of other disciples that are walking with him as well, who he is discipling into a way of life that is unique, that he expects them to be able to to move forward with when he uh, returns to the Father. It was never intended that the way of life and the type of activity that he was teaching them to live and walk in was to end when he went home to heaven. It was never intended that that would end when those that he had trained would themselves go home to heaven. When you read the gospel, you wouldn't naturally come to a place that would say, this should stop. You should come to a place that says, this should accelerate. Have you guys read in the gospels just how much the Lord is talking about how this, if, if, you're, if you're to be my disciple, you're to do the same things that I've done. No servant is above their master. I've been showing you guys how to sacri- sacrifice yourself for others and to bring about the kingdom into the earth in every place that I've sent you. Do you remember he sent out the twelve He sent them out. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He's not gone to the cross yet. But he's been demonstrating this to them. They have been seeing him doing this. He's been teaching them and training them. And now he sends them out to go do these things. And they get to report back. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 9. This is another version of this, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. I love the synoptic Gospels because you'll find harmonies between them. You'll find the same stories told from three different perspectives. And it's really great to hear (laughs) what comes up in each one. So again, this is is, uh, Luke's account of it. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people Everywhere. Everywhere. These twelve are doing the things they've seen their master do. Because he's been training them and now he's letting them get a taste of it. And they're seeing the life that he has called them to. It wasn't, you get to do this while I'm here, but once I'm gone, this all dries up. No, This is how we do this, because you're to go and carry this forward. If you go to Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1, we see this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or bag, sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. And then he gives them instructions about how they're to interact as they go through the towns and the cities. preaching of the kingdom, this demonstration of spirit and power, is something that is meant to accelerate. We see it starting with Jesus, 1, and then we see it moving to 12, and then we see it 72 are going out. And they're excited to see what's taking place. They're excited to see the demons coming out. They're saying even this, which would suggest that... And of course, we're also seeing the healings taking place, too but even these things are, are taking He says, that's wonderful. He's excited. He says, but recognize the most important thing is that your names are written in heaven because that's what we're after. We should seek to see healings, signs, wonders take place because they confirm the word that has been spoken. And the word that has been spoken is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the good news that Jesus Christ has come for the forgiveness of your sins. That God sent him because he loved you so much. And all you have to do is surrender your life to him. Allow him to be your king. Receive his forgiveness. And follow him all the days of your life. Allow new life to come into you through him. We can't earn heaven. Jesus came and bought and paid for it with his life for us. And he says, I'm the only way to the Father. If you want access to him, you have to come through me. And thankfully, I'm so thankful that it's not that we have to be such a good person to be able to get our way into heaven, because how good is good enough? We chase a moving target. But Jesus said, I am the way. Surrender your life to me, and you'll find your life. He brings healing in that same message. He demonstrates his authority, his power over every sickness, every disease. Now, I recognize saying this in this season, in this house, is challenging for us because many of us are wrestling with the emotion of those that we have lost loved ones in a time where we have committed ourselves to prayer and fasting for those that we love. We've seen the rises and falls of the Lord answering our prayers along the way, and we've still seen those that we love pass. The word of God is still true. The word of God is still true. And we as a people always have a choice about how we're going to move forward. It's easy to praise God when things are going great for you. It's challenging to praise God when they're not going great for you. When you're in the valley, when you're in the desert, to still choose to proclaim that he is good and to offer him thanks and praise is a sacrifice But that's the place where we get strengthened, folks. That's the place where the enemy takes the hit from us the most. Because he knows that he hasn't won. Our spirit man chooses to live from a different place. When we choose in the midst of our great challenge. In the face of loss to say, Jesus, you still have the victory. You still sent us to seek and save the lost. You still sent us to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. You still sent us to rescue people out of darkness into light. You still sent us to pray for healing when healing hasn't come. And we know that it's still true that you are the healer. Thank you, Lord. In John chapter 14. Verse 12, he says this very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Remember, he was telling them this is the this is the very end of his time in ministry on the earth before he goes to the cross. And he's telling them, all these things that you have seen, all that we have done together, everything you have seen in me, you're going to do greater works. He tells them, it's better that I go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. See, it's one thing for us to believe that Jesus was able to heal everybody because he was God. And another thing for us to remember that when he was here on the earth, in his earthly ministry, he, while he is both God and man, he acted as a man here in the earth. Submitted and surrendered to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do anything he didn't see his Father doing, and he was dependent on the Spirit of God moving. Why? Why? because he was showing us what is available to us if we believe in him, if we are found in him, and we have the Holy Spirit inside us as well. Otherwise, it would be impossible for him to say what he says here, that greater works will you do than what I've done. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he tells us that we're supposed to be his body which means that when they see us, they should see the Father. Jesus brings healing. Guess what we get to do? Bring healing. We get to bring a message that brings people to salvation. It says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. If all we do is talk all day, it's going to be helpful to some degree. But we need power to back up what it is that we are saying. We should have an anticipation that God will show up when we start speaking about Have you ever started talking about like things that God's been doing in your life with somebody else? Anybody else have those conversations? Oh man, I was praying and God God talked to me about this or I had this problem and... I was praying and God answered me this way. Man, even as I'm saying this right now, the presence of the Lord starts showing up because the Holy Spirit likes it when we start giving testimony of what God has done. we start giving testimony about how Jesus has moved in our lives, it starts to activate the atmosphere with faith and hope that God will do the same types of things once again because he is ready to demonstrate his power to overcome every challenge that is that we face. Like Pastor Dan was saying this morning, we see the rock so often, the one the thing that is in between us and what God has called us to, the challenge that we're facing. And Jesus says, "Roll away the stone." Because he wants us looking beyond that to him. He wants us looking beyond that recognizing that he has already overcome and he has the victory over every challenge that we face in our lives. Every heartache that we have in our lives, he has healing for. Every hurt, physical, emotional, spiritual, that we endure, he has healing for. Every single person on the face of the planet has the opportunity for salvation if they choose to follow him. I don't care how bad it is for you. I don't care how bad you have done things. Every single person, he paid the price for your sin. And he's come and he says, just follow me. I'll transform your life. And he's called us into that ministry. Mark chapter 16. verses 15 through 20. I'll take a moment here to pause about this, this part of Mark. Some of you have a, a Bible translation that will probably tell you somewhere around verse 9 here that these passages aren't found in the earliest manuscripts that we see from Mark. Some people take that to give us license not to have to live by these words. And I'll say this in in an even more general term. There's a lot of attack right now on Scripture. It's not new, but there's a lot of attack right now in the public and even within the church on Scripture and the veracity and the validity of, of Scripture. It's the same thing that the enemy has used the same tactic from the beginning of this story. Has God said? Now, whether Mark penned these words or not, the Holy Spirit has seen fit that it would come to us today. So stand on these words. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. If you believe in him, these are the signs that accompany you. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Pause. Don't go snake handling. Don't go drinking deadly poison. That's not the point of that scripture. Okay? The point of the scripture speaks about the protection of those that God sends. You remember when Paul got bit by by the asp and he shook it off into the flames? It was a testimony to those people that he was sent to in that situation that he was operating under an authority that they had not ever seen. He didn't look for a snake to bite him. The snake bit him. Okay? We have testimony of other people who have been actively poisoned by people as they've gone to share the gospel. And they have then come to Christ because they know that that person who's sharing the gospel should be dead, but they're not dead yet. It's a testimony of God's greatness and his power. They weren't wittingly taking poison just to show how awesome they were, or to put God to the test like that. Okay? They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked With them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So Jesus' word, when he was here, was validated and affirmed by the signs that accompanied it. Remember, he says, If you don't believe me, at least believe the works that have been done. Because if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. These things speak for themselves. And they're there as the stamp of approval on the message that I am. And now when he's gone to heaven, here's what it says. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Because remember, they're preaching. They're not just going out to heal. They're going out to preach the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. And as they go, the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. What does that tell us? Because we're now living in this same age. That as we go, his signs should follow, and it should accompany the message that we are giving. One, we need to be bringing the message of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to the people that are around us. Not just evangelists. Not just pastors. Not just small group leaders. Not just worship leaders. Not just that guy we like to listen to on the radio or on Facebook or on YouTube. All of us are to go into the world, preach the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Share Jesus with those who are around you. When you find folks that are sick or injured, pray for them. Who knows? God might heal them. And they might have faith in God. Someone might get delivered of a demon that's been oppressing them because the Spirit of God in you is greater than the demon that's in them. Remember the man of the Gadarenes? He break all these chains, and he's just, they couldn't control him, and he's naked and crying out at night, scaring everybody. And Jesus shows up the demon says don't torment us what's your name my name is legion for we are many we are many do you know how much a legion is try 6000 is a roman legion I think it was 2,000 pigs that they went into. And what happened to them immediately? They ran themselves off a cliff into the ocean and drowned an economy for that region. Scared the people so much they asked Jesus, please leave. You'll, you'll destroy us here. Keep sending our flocks into the, and herds into the ocean, that's not going to be good. 2,000 pigs were driven into the, into the sea. Imagine the torment that man was under constantly. He wants to follow Jesus. Just let me come and follow you. And Jesus says, no, stop. You're now my messenger in this region. Go tell everybody what happened to you. It says, it says when the people came and they found him there, clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Because nothing like this had ever happened there. These signs follow those. They should be following us. We live far below the power and authority that Christ has given us. But he wants us to go there with him. This morning we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Some of you have, have hurts in your body right now. Um, you may be sick. You may have other illnesses that have been uh, going on. You may be waiting on results from the doctor right now. Uh, we want to pray for you. And so uh, it would be, it'd be stupid of me to get up here and talk about all this and then say, all right, everybody go home and have a nice week. We need to be praying for one another. First and foremost, though, we always want to give the opportunity. For people to come to Christ. If you don't yet know this Jesus, if you've not given your life to him, he came, he is the Son of God, he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life that was prophesied about for millennia. God built an entire nation with a culture that was a shadow of the reality that he was meant to fulfill. And he did all that because he loved you so much that he didn't want you to go to hell. Now listen, when all of us are born, because Adam and Eve sinned, we all have original sin. We have a sin nature. We don't have an opportunity by our own works to cleanse ourselves from that. You can be the best person possible that you can think of. You can try to achieve all the good things out there and none of it will come close actually winning you salvation and freedom. Jesus came because he was the pure and spotless lamb, and he chose willingly to go to the cross to carry your sins, my sins, the sins of the entire world across time. It killed him on the cross. He willingly gave up his life, and he was resurrected on the third day to show that he has victory over death, victory over sin, And he calls all of us into new life in him. And it's a choice that all of us have. He gives all of us the opportunity to give up our way of life and our mastery over our life, which we don't actually have. The Bible tells us that we're actually slaves to sin. You don't have an option there. But you do have the option to choose Jesus because he is better. He calls us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And he becomes our king. He rules and reigns our life. We are submitted and surrendered to him. And he says, if you lose your life, you will find it in me. You will find the the most ideal design and destiny for who God created you to be in him. You may have hints about the gifts and talents that he's put into you, but none of them gets fully turned on until you're in Jesus. Because we are always meant, always meant to live in right relationship with our Father, and there's no way back to our Father except through the one and only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, the Messiah. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just know It doesn't make your life easier. Life is hard. I would rather go through the hard things of life in Christ than try to choose an easy path of life without him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this, Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. But we have the hope of eternal life in him that we begin to live in here and now as we come into his kingdom. If you'd like to receive Jesus, just pray with me now. And repeat these words. Be for anyone here in the room. You may have already received the Lord. You may be in a place where you've received the Lord, and like me, you were running for years. And the Lord's calling you back. All of us can pray this. But if you'd like to receive Jesus, believe in your heart that He died for your sins. He's the Son of God. And confess with your mouth. That he is Lord of your life. And let's do this. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you have victory over sin and over death. Lord, I've tried things my own way, and it always fails. I know I'll never be good enough. But I choose today to lay down my life. And I ask you to be the king of my heart. Take me out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, your kingdom. I confess, Lord, I have sinned. And I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Rule and reign over me. All the days of my life. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd like to welcome you into the kingdom. God will transform your life. You'll see changes start to take place in you. Sins that used to feel good will stop feeling good because the Holy Spirit is living in you and he doesn't want anything else in his temple. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for healing. Before we do, I ask Florence, would you come forward, please? him our sister Florence, to, to come up here and pray. Florence, if you have not met her, she is, uh, she's a minister. And uh, she led a church here up in Suitland for, for three years. I think there's a microphone. Here you go. She is a prayer warrior. Have you been on with us when we've been having some corporate prayer nights? Uh, I've been so blessed by her prayers. I've asked for her to come here today and pray for an atmosphere of faith in this house and for healing. So, if you would, please rise. Florence, please pray for us as we move
1: into this. Amen. I want us to stand upon this scripture and pray. As pastor was preaching, he gave us um, Matthew chapter 10. And I'm, I want to read the verse 1. And when he has called his disciples, 12 disciples, he To him, he gave them power over unclean spirit to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Father, we stand in the name of Jesus with all humility, and we ask of your grace to fill us this morning. We ask of your power to move in the atmosphere in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, your word says that uh, except you build the house, the builders build it in vain. Except you watch over the city, the watchmen are watching in vain. Therefore, we stand in Jesus' name. Unless you breathe healing spirit and power into our lives, we will do it in vain. Therefore, we call upon you. May you heal your people. No matter whatever they are going through, broken hearts, whatever it is, we pray for the spirit of healing. May you... Res- may you renew their faith in the name of Jesus Christ. As it is written in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17, it says that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of sound mind and love. Father, we are praying that your spirit of love, your spirit of sound mind will move into everybody in the name of Jesus. Those who have lost and loved ones, Father, we pray, restore their joy, restore their home. Restore their peace in Jesus mighty name. We come against any power that contend with the peace of your children. We bring them under the subjection of yes. almighty God. And we ask of you, oh Lord, let your spirit of liberty take over. Yes. Where your spirit is, there is liberty. Yes. Therefore, we prophesy liberty in this house. Yes. In Jesus mighty name. Whatever Lord that came came with anybody this house father we pray that that lord be left here yes, in Jesus lord. that lift up the load lift up the burdens mm-hmm. break every chains that is holding anybody bound right now in Jesus name yes, now lord. devil will rebuke you in the name of Jesus for you have no power over the children of God yes, because lord. they are redeemed by the blood of the lamb yes, they are lord. secured through the resurrection power their faith is in Christ Jesus and in Christ we stand yes, Father in the name of Jesus, right now, may you speak into every heart this morning. You know the needs of everyone meet each person according to their needs in Jesus name and father I pray thee that as we come together as one body we will see your glory manifesting in our homes in our communities wherever we stand your light will shine through us in Jesus mighty name father when we speak that we hear you speaking through us in Jesus name this morning all we ask you fill us with your love your unconditional love Your unconditional peace. He said, Let not your heart be troubled because I have overcome the world. Yes, Lord. Yes, and this is our testimony yes, Lord. that you have overcome the world and have given us the power to take dominion, yes, Lord. to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And nothing by any means shall hurt us. No weapon form against the church shall prosper. Any mother rise up in judgment, may the Lord condemn them. This is our heritage as children of God. Our righteousness is of Christ. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by your knowledge. It's not by what you know. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. May Jesus come alive in your life this morning. Hallelujah. Push away whatever it is. In the name of Jesus and embrace Jesus, He will give you the peace you need, He will give you the joy you need, the unspeakable joy. Father, we thank you because we know before we lifted up our voice, you have already heard us. And thank you for restoring us and giving us the healing we need. May you be healed in your bones, may you be healed in your spirit. May you be healed in your marriage. May you be healed in every area of your life. In Jesus' name. And may you walk under the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray with all humility. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Does anybody have any pain in their body? Anybody have pain in your body? Yep. Okay. Anybody waiting on results from the doctor, and it's got you anxious right now? Okay, keep your hands up if you answer yes to any of these situations. Does anybody have a loved one, a family member, that is sick or ill or in pain that needs healing? Anybody? Okay. All right. This is what I'd like you guys to do. I'd like those that are around, those that have their hands raised, to go to them we're going to be laying hands on, on folks we're going to be praying for them you can, you can stand the reason I asked a question about uh, um, if you have a loved one who's not here that, that needs uh, healing you can stand in proxy for that person we've seen it happen where people will get healed because of a loved one, that connection just make your way around those is there anyone here this morning who's broken hearted broken hearted yeah okay yeah, you can be sick, you can be infirmed, you can also be broken hearted simultaneously. Some of you might have not enough hands here this morning, that's okay. All right, we're going to pray over these in front of us. And we're going to anticipate change to take place. We've spoken recently about the presence of God being carried in on the priests. Remember? The priests all carrying in the ark together. There's unity that's needed in that. it's a corporate body that that comes in on. We as the people of God are here right now Lord we are here right now our eyes are on you and you alone Jesus. you are the healer. So I want you right now take a moment let me take a minute and pray over this person in front of you pray for them like you would want someone to pray for you if you were sick or injured and needed healing. go ahead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying. I'm just going to pray a few things over, but keep praying. Just keep praying. Lord Jesus, let the compassion of, of Christ come upon us. For brothers and sisters that are in front of us right now. Lord, release your compassion. Release your healing grace through compassion right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that healing is a demonstration of your love. And your power.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. If you're at home right now and you're sick or injured, put your hand on whatever that is. If you're at home right now and you don't have something that's sick or injured, I just want you to stretch your arm towards the screen, whether it's a phone or an iPad or a a TV on the wall. Just stretch your hands for it and just release prayer and grace towards everyone in this room and all who are connected with us right now. Lord, we just pray for your healing virtue to go forth, Lord, that your power be released into the bodies of your people, Lord, and the minds of your people, and the hearts of your people right now, Jesus. Release healing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, if you've been prayed for this morning and you're feeling feeling the presence of the Lord upon you, if you feel change in your body, just wave your hand this morning. you felt the touch of the Lord, just wave your hand here this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now of your people. I thank you, Lord, for how you're teaching us and you're training us in this season, Lord. I thank you for what you're stirring in us right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the healings that you've done. I thank you, Father, for how you've healed me, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in your people, Lord. We lift up Caitlin to you again right now, Lord Jesus, in this atmosphere, Lord. We just lift up Caitlin to you, Lord, and I speak just a a prayer of healing over her brain right now, Lord Jesus. Over her spirit. Over her body right now. Lord Jesus. Lord we just pray. Your protection over her. Lord Jesus. We thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus. Over her right now Lord. Lord that you would bring. Restoration to her. In Jesus name. Speedy recovery to her. In Jesus name. We thank you Lord. We thank you Lord. We thank you for her. Father. We thank you that you're. Sparing her life right now. Lord Jesus. And we just thank you. For healing over her right now. In Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Who got a touch from the Lord here this morning? Anybody get a touch from the Lord here this morning? Yes? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Lord, we just thank you for your grace here today. I ask as we go through this week, Lord, you would meet with us and you would give us opportunities, Lord, to pray with others, to share the gospel, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to, uh, to give us opportunities, Lord, uh, to, to stretch beyond what we would normally do, Lord. And I just ask that you would give us courage to take that step forward. Lord, I ask that you would give us courage to go at risk with you. And, Lord, I just thank you, that you for an impartation of faith over your people right now, Lord that you're going to do and act and perform your will, Lord, through us. We thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. 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 If you'd like specific prayer for something... Do we have a word? Okay. Uh, if you like sp- specific prayer for something this morning, I'm going to be up here to the side and I invite you to come forward. I'd love to pray with you guys. God bless you.